We've been talking about being a relevant church for the last several weeks, that we've got to be relevant to our community's needs, but also be true to the gospel and to the Bible. And how are we relevant, and what does it mean to be a relevant church? And we focus all that around our mission statement, which is connecting people with Christ, growing in faith, and going to serve and disciple. That's what our mission is. That's we are to connect people with Christ wherever they are, far away or near, and bring them into a relationship with Christ. Then we want everyone to grow in the faith. We offer you the opportunities through Sunday morning Bible study called Life Classes, Wednesday night or Learn Groups, and later on we'll launch some lead classes that are smaller in nature. You can get deeper into the Word and be discipled better with that. And then go in to serve. And go in to serve uh, and to disciple. Yesterday uh, when they took a break from the uh, there to share. I think our students were part of serving, uh, packing from food or something at one of the places. So we, we want all these things to be a part, encompassing the life of our church. So far in this series, we've talked about the power of the Holy Spirit in the church. We talked about that when the day of Pentecost came and the church was birthed and the power of the Holy Spirit was unleashed on the church. If we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, all our plans and dreams will accomplish nothing. Then we talked about out of Matthew's gospel and Peter's great confession of faith. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus talked about building his church upon the rock foundation. And he promised the church that it would endure against the gates of hell. We were reminded of our solid foundation is Jesus Christ our Lord. And that he's given to us authority, the keys of the kingdom, and we will not fail. We will be successful. Then last week we talked about the Lord of the church. That's Jesus Christ. And we have to remember that everything we do has to be built around Jesus Christ as our Lord uh, because of who He is and because of what He's done. Who He is, He came as the incarnate God. He came as the Son of God in the flesh. And then what He did, He went to the cross. He died in our place. He took our sins to the cross so that we could uh, believe in Him, have a relationship with God, have our sins forgiven. Uh, and no means to have a relationship with Christ that's really meaningful and have all the guilt and shame out of our life. Today we're going to talk about the passion of the church. And a lot of different places I could go for that to talk about that out of the scripture. But I want to look at one of the letters that our Lord wrote to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. When you think about these seven churches, was one of those churches uh, that could get a letter about passion, either good or bad. And so let's look at Revelation chapter 3 beginning in verse 14. And you've either got your Bible or a Bible app on your phone or you read words off the screen or the Bible's in the pew. But our Lord wrote this to all the seven churches and this one in particular. He would talk about, he, they knew what he was talking about when he talked about some of the references that he made. But it was about their location, where they were situated, about their history, what had happened in the past and about how, what was going on in that city. And they could make that reference to them. And so this is what he says to the church at Laodicea. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich, and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness, and salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Those whom I love I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Repent. 
Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, why did he write that letter to the to church at Laodicea? It's because they were neither cold nor hot. They were lukewarm. They lacked passion. We have to make sure that we, as a relevant church today, make sure that we have the right kind of passion for the gospel, for the kingdom of God, and our love of God. Sometime back in the last century, uh, in England, the late pastor W.E. Sangster was in a group interviewing ministerial candidates. We would call that today an ordination council. And one of the applicants admitted that he was rather shy and quiet. And he stated that he would probably never set the region around the, the Thames River on fire. And Sangster's response to him was, I'm not interested to know if you can set the Thames on fire. What I want to know is this. If I picked you up by the scruff of your neck and dropped you into the Thames, would you sizzle? Would you sizzle? He was describing passion, wasn't he? Think about your life. If we were to take you and throw you into the watery river, would you sizzle? Do you have passion? What about our church? Are we a church of passion? And do we have the level of passion that God desires in his church to be relevant and reach in the community? Are we truly passionate about what God wants to do in this community? You see, a relevant church has to be consumed with a passion. Now, what are we talking about when we're talking about passion? Well, the dictionary says passion is an intense emotion, a strong feeling, a great devotion, an intense conviction which fuels or motivates us toward compelling action. Now, most of us have some, some kind of passion for something, either it's football or, or some kind of sport, or it's crocheting or knitting or, or you know, yard work or golf or whatever it might be. You've got a passion about something in life. This type of passion we're talking about today is the kind of passion, intense devotion, that compels us and motivates us to be about the work of the kingdom of God. Passion is that which drives our souls. The biblical world is zeal. It's zeal. So, with this power of passion in our mind and the need for it, let's think about three things about the need for, for passion in the church today, if we're going to be a relevant church. First of all, let's think about the priority of passion. Where do we get this whole concept about the fact that passion in our relationship with God is to be related in our love to Him and our response to what He has done in our life? How should that motivate us? Well, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, there's a setting where Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? We pick up the reading this way. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He said, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. That's passion. That's the greatest commandment that we have, is to love God with all that we are, heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
They were really asking him the question, where should I focus my life? And Jesus said, have passion for God. And that should be a priority for us today. True passion begins with God. Passion allows for God to enable us to truly live the life that we want to live. And only when we have passion will we find the abundant life that Jesus promises us now. And passion allows us to become what God has planned for us to become as individuals and as the church. Passion helps us to reach the potential that God has instilled in our lives. Passion energizes our life. It gives us focus. It it allows God to empower our life so that we can be about the work of the kingdom. A Christian without passion is like a river without water. And passion begins with our love for God. And the same is true for our church life. Unless we're passionate for our love for God, we will lose our focus and lose our purpose. And that's what had happened to the church at Laodicea. Verse 15, it says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot, and I wish you were either one or the other, Jesus said. So because you were lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. They were so distasteful to the Lord because they were lukewarm. They had no passion. And what did he do? He called them to repent. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Earnest is translated be zealous in other translations. He said, get some passion about you. Now, does that passage of Scripture in the church in Laodicea apply to us at Spring Valley Baptist Church? Well, let's ask this question. Have we allowed the precious to become familiar? Have we allowed that which is precious to become familiar? I'm talking about our relationship with Christ. The sacrifice that Christ made on the cross, dying in our place for our sins, shedding his blood, sacrificing his body. The Apostle Paul said, for me to live is Christ. I think for most of us we say for me to live is Christ and then a lot of other things. And what happens is those other things seem to take precedent over our love for Christ. And that becomes the passion of our life. Not overnight, but little by little, little by little, little by little. That's how passion is lost in a marriage. So many years into the marriage, you just begin to take each other for granted. And that sense of passion you started out with is lost. The same thing happens the longer you're in a relationship with God. You just seem to forget the intensity of God's love for you. And that which is so precious has become mundane and routine. We should never lose that passion because of what Jesus did for us that allows us to have a relationship with God. So if we're treating the gospel just like a piece of information rather than the life-changing power of God, then we've lost our passion. See, passion for God keeps us focused where we need to be focused. That's the priority of passion. And that kind of passion drives us to fulfill the mission of our mission statement, connecting people with Christ, growing in faith, and and going to serve and disciple. That's the priority of passion. Now, what about the purpose of passion, secondly? See, Christian passion is being centered in and driven by Jesus Christ in such a way that we are different and we make a difference. See, the world around us ought to see the difference in us. Passion should make us stand out in a crowd. Passion changes our attitude. 
Passion changes our behavior, our relationships. Passion is contagious. Contagious people get, get other people excited about the gospel. See, passion works like a magnet that draws us into the kingdom of God and focuses us upon the work of the kingdom of God. True passion empowers our lives and moves us to action. God gives us then the ability to love Him completely and God gives us the ability to love others. When you walk into a church that is filled with passion, you notice it immediately. There's just a sense that God is present in a special way because the people of God in that building have a passion about their relationship with God. See, passion takes us beyond ourselves. Society teaches us to be self-centered. It's all about me, I, mine, mine. And when that happens in the life of a church, we were inwardly focused. That's part of what happened to the church in Laodicea. They were inwardly focused. It was about them. And when we come to church, I belong to the church or a part of the church with that attitude that says, it's all about me and mine. I want what I want, when I want it, how I want it. Then we've lost the focus and we've lost the passion the way that it should be. Jesus called the church at Laodicea to repent and become zealous once again. To have that passion once again. History tells us that Gandhi, great leader in India, was actually considering at one time becoming a Christian. And he visited a church in South Africa. I don't know the name of the church. Don't know what it was, what denomination or whatever. And this is what he said after his visit to a worship experience in that church. He said, the congregation did not strike me as being particularly religious. They were not an assembly of devout souls, but appeared rather to be world-minded people going to church for recreation and in conformity to custom. When we come to church with no sense of passion for our worship, to adore and worship God, and we just come out of custom and we just come out of a sense of obligation, then we've lost our passion. Isn't it a shame that Gandhi was considering being a follower of Jesus? You see, he read in the Gospels about the life of Jesus, and he was, he was just mesmerized about the life of Jesus. And so he went to a church to find out more about it. And instead he was disappointed because the people there, he said, lacked passion. They were conforming to custom. One of the most interesting surveys uh, that George Gallup did was a few years ago. 13,000 people over 130 countries. The one criteria for all of those people was they had at one time been a part of a church, but now they dropped out and they no longer attended church. So the one basic question that George Gallup asked all of these people who had dropped out of church was, what would have to happen for you to come back to church? And the number one answer, far above the number two answer was this, I need to see passion in the lives of the people of that church. See, what we believe, how we act about passion does make a difference. That's why if we're going to be a relevant church making a difference in this culture today, we have to be a people of passion. We need to do a passion check. We've got to be a people of passion. Loving the Lord our God with all that we are, heart, soul, mind, and strength.
Then thirdly, we want to talk about the pattern of passion. What does it look like? What are some examples of, of passion that we find in the Bible that might give us a pattern for our own life or for the life of this church? Well, I'm going to give you three. First of all, I want to give you a pattern of the early church found in Acts chapter 2. Right after the preaching that Peter gave and the Holy Spirit was unleashed and 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ that day. Then the church is gathered. Verse 42 begins, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. How do we know they had passion? Everybody had a sense of awe when they came together to worship. Now, okay, it was new to them. But I don't think they ever lost that passion. They were passionate about their spiritual development. They were passionate about their ministry to others. And they were passionate about their relationship to Christ. Now let's look at another example, the Apostle Paul. Man, who had a dramatic conversion. And he always remembered that. Missionary, founded churches, discipled people. That was his passion. Willing to be beaten for his faith and thrown out of the city, thought for dead. Philippians 3, Paul said, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. That is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, I think about that passage so many times when I think about our growing in faith and maturing. And we got to ask that question, well, When do I ever get there? Well, if the Apostle Paul, who wrote so much of the New Testament and did so much for the kingdom of God, wrote and said, I keep on working for it, I keep on striving for that, I haven't reached it yet, then I know I got a long way to go. I got a lot of growing to do, don't you? But you look at Paul's life, and he said, For me to live is Christ. One thing I do, I press on towards that goal of the call of the upward prize in Christ. See, Paul was passionate about that relationship to Christ. He was passionate about his spiritual development. He was passionate about his ministry of sharing Christ. Then I want to give you another example. A woman in the New Testament by the name of Lydia. She was gathered one day in Philippi and she heard heard the preaching and the gathering around the river. And the scripture says, one of those listening was a woman named Lydia. A dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. She said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. In the city of Philippi, there was Lydia who was a woman who was a merchant dealing in purple cloth, fine purple cloth. She was a Saks Fifth Avenue of Philippi, trading in purple. And when she heard the message about Christ, she was passionately turned on. How did it happen? She let the Spirit of God transform ordinary worship into extraordinary openness. She opened her heart so that God could do something new and direct in her. And the result was she had a brand new sense of passion in her love and worship for God. 
And I think that the question comes to us then, are you listening for God to say something to you? Is your heart open for God to speak to you in a new and different way? Are you ready to respond to God in a new and different way? Are you ready to repent? Are you ready then to to have that sense of zeal and passion in your life? See, our passion keeps us focused on the mission, and it keeps down distractions. In our life, there are so many things, not necessarily bad things, but just so many things that can consume our passion. And God says that the kingdom needs to be our first, our first consideration about the passion of our life. Our life and the life of the church should be expressed with passion. Our life in the kingdom of God should be expressed with passion. And when we do that, we who are the church, the living stones that make up the church, when we individually are passionate about a relationship with God, then we have a church that's passionate about God, and we are a relevant church that meets the needs of the culture around us. So, this is the place to exalt, to worship God, to give thanks, to celebrate the good news that all is forgiven, that God is loved, and that victory is ours through the Lord Jesus Christ. That should motivate us with passion for the glory of God like never before. Are we a people of passion for the kingdom of God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for challenging us today our hearts, our minds, our soul, all that we are to be people who are passionate about your kingdom through Jesus Christ our Lord. May we be a people so consumed with passion that those around us know that we are your people and that we're passionate about who you are and that we become a relevant church. Father, if there are any today who need to make a decision today to be a part of this church, to be a part of your kingdom through confessing their sin, repenting from that sin, turning from that sin, and claiming Christ as Savior, the forgiver of sins in their life and the leader of their life, may they come today and make that decision. Bless us as we enter into this time of invitation that our hearts will be open for you to speak to us in a new and fresh way and consume us with your passion. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.